0: Part six of Chapter six of Pilot's Handbook This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. Recording by Stefan Schweigert. Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge by the FAA. Chapter six. Part six Airframe Systems Fuel, electrical, hydraulic, and oxygen systems make up the airframe systems. Fuel systems. The fuel system is designed to provide an uninterrupted flow of clean fuel from the fuel tanks to the engine. The fuel must be available to the engine under all conditions of engine power, altitude, attitude, and during all approved flight maneuvers. Two common classifications apply to fuel systems in small aircraft, gravity feed and fuel pump systems. Gravity feed system. The gravity feed system utilizes the force of gravity to transfer the fuel from the tanks to the engine. For example, on high-wing airplanes, the fuel tanks are installed in the wings. This places the fuel tanks above the carburetor, and the fuel is gravity-fed through the system and into the carburetor. If the design of the aircraft is such that gravity cannot be used to transfer fuel, fuel pumps are installed. For example, on low-wing airplanes, the fuel tanks in the wings are located below the carburetor see figure 6-30. Fuel pump system. Aircraft with fuel pump systems have two fuel pumps. The main pump system is engine driven with an electrically driven auxiliary pump provided for use in engine starting and in the event the engine pump fails. The auxiliary pump, also known as a boost pump, provides added reliability to the fuel system. The electrically driven auxiliary pump is controlled by a switch in the flight deck. Fuel primer. Both gravity-fed and fuel pump systems may incorporate a fuel primer into the system. The fuel primer is used to draw fuel from the tanks to vaporize fuel directly into the cylinders prior to starting the engine. During cold weather, when engines are difficult to start, the fuel primer helps because there is not enough heat available to vaporize the fuel in the carburetor. It is important to lock the primer in place when it is not in use. If the knob is free to move, it may vibrate out during flight and can cause an excessively rich mixture. To avoid over-priming, read the priming instructions for the aircraft. Fuel Tanks The fuel tanks, normally located inside the wings of an airplane, have a filter opening on top of the wing through which they can be filled. A filler cap covers this opening. The tanks are vented to the outside to maintain atmospheric pressure inside the tank. They may be vented through the filler cap or through a tube extending through the surface of the wing. Fuel tanks also include an overflow drain that may stand alone or be co-located with a fuel tank vent. This allows fuel to expand with increases in temperature without damage to the tank itself. If the tanks have been filled on a hot day, it is not unusual to see fuel coming from the overflow drain. Fuel Gauges the fuel quantity gauges indicate the amount of fuel measured by a sensing unit in each fuel tank and is displayed in gallons or pounds. Aircraft certification rules require accuracy in fuel gauges only when they read empty. Any reading other than empty should be verified. Do not depend solely on the accuracy of fuel quantity gauges. Always visually check the fuel level in each tank during the pre-flight inspection and then compare it with the corresponding fuel quantity indication. If a fuel pump is installed in the fuel system, a fuel pressure gauge is also included. This gauge indicates the pressure in the fuel lines. The normal operating pressure can be found in the AFM-POH or on the gauge by color coding. Fuel Selectors The fuel selector valve allows selection of fuel from various tanks. A common type of selector valve contains four positions. Left, right, both, and off. Selecting the left or right position allows fuel to feed only from that tank, while selecting the both position feeds fuel from both tanks. The left or right position may be used to balance the amount of fuel remaining in each wing tank. See Figure 6-31. Fuel placards will show any limitations on fuel tank usage, such as level flight only and slash or both for landings and takeoffs. Regardless of the type of fuel selector in use, Fuel consumption should be monitored closely to ensure that a tank does not run completely out of fuel. Running a fuel tank dry will not only cause the engine to stop, but running for prolonged periods on one tank causes an unbalanced fuel load between tanks. Running a tank completely dry may allow air to enter the fuel system and cause vapor lock, which makes it difficult to restart the engine. On fuel-injected engines, the fuel becomes so hot it vaporizes in the fuel line, not allowing fuel to reach the cylinders fuel strainers, sumps, and drains. After leaving the fuel tank and before it enters the carburetor, the fuel passes through a strainer which removes any moisture and other sediments in the system. Since these contaminants are heavier than aviation fuel, they settle in a sump at the bottom of the strainer assembly. A sump is a low point in a fuel system and or fuel tank. The fuel system may contain sump, fuel strainer, and fuel tank drains, which may be co-located. The fuel strainer should be drained before each flight. Fuel samples should be drained and checked visually for water and contaminants. Water in the sump is hazardous because in cold weather, the water can freeze and block fuel lines. In warm weather, it can flow into the carburetor and stop the engine. If water is present in the sump, more water in the fuel tanks is probable, and they should be drained until there is no evidence of water. Never take off until all water and contaminants have been removed from the engine fuel system. Because of the variation in fuel systems, become thoroughly familiar with the systems that apply to the aircraft being flown. Consult the AFM-POH for specific operating procedures. Fuel grades. Aviation gasoline, AVGAS, is identified by an octane or performance number. Grade which designates the anti-knock value or knock resistance of the fuel mixture in the engine cylinder. The higher the grade of gasoline, the more pressure the fuel can withstand without detonating. Lower grades of fuel are used in lower compression engines because these fuels ignite at a lower temperature. Higher grades are used in higher compression engines because they ignite at higher temperatures, but not prematurely. If the proper grade of fuel is not available, use the next higher grade as a substitute. Never use a grade lower than recommended. This can cause the cylinder head temperature and engine oil temperature to exceed their normal operating ranges, which may result in detonation. Several grades of AV gas are available. Care must be exercised to ensure that the correct aviation grade is being used for the specific type of engine. The proper fuel grade is stated in the AFM-POH, on placards in the flight deck, and next to the filler caps. Auto gas should never be used in aircraft systems unless the aircraft has been modified with a Supplemental Type Certificate, STC, issued by the Federal Aviation Administration, FAA. The current method identifies AV gas for aircraft with reciprocating engines by the octane and performance number, along with the abbreviation AV gas. These aircraft use AV gas 80, 100, and 100 LL. Although AV Gas 100LL performs the same as grade 100, the LL indicates that it has low lead content. Fuel for aircraft with turbine engines is classified as Jet A, Jet A-1, and Jet B. Jet fuel is basically kerosene and has a distinctive kerosene smell. Since use of the correct fuel is critical, dyes are added to help identify the type and grade of fuel. See Figure 6-32. In addition to the color of the fuel itself, the color-coding system extends to decals and various fuel handling equipment. For example, all AV gas is identified by name using the white letters on a red background. In contrast, turbine fuels are identified by white letters on a black background. Fuel Contamination Accidents attributed to power plant failure from fuel contamination have often been traced to Inadequate pre-flight inspection by the pilot servicing aircraft with improperly filtered fuel from small tanks or drums, storing aircraft with partially filled fuel tanks, lack of proper maintenance. Fuel should be drained from the fuel strainer quick drain and from each fuel tank sump into a transparent container, and then checked for dirt and water. When the fuel strainer is being drained, water in the tank may not appear until all the fuel has been drained from the lines leading to the tank. This indicates that the water remains in the tank and is not forcing the fuel out of the fuel lines leading to the fuel strainer. Therefore, drain enough fuel from the fuel strainer to be certain that the fuel is being drained from the tank. The amount will depend on the length of the fuel line from the tank to the drain. If water or other contaminants are found in the first sample, drain further samples until no trace appears. Water may also remain in the fuel tanks after the drainage from the fuel strainer has ceased to show any trace of water. This residual water can be removed only by draining the fuel tank sump drains. Water is the principal fuel contaminant. Suspended water droplets in the fuel can be identified by a cloudy appearance of the fuel, or by the clear separation of water from the colored fuel, which occurs after the water has settled to the bottom of the tank. As a safety measure, the fuel sumps should be drained before every flight during the pre-flight inspection. Fuel tanks should be filled after each flight or after the last flight of the day to prevent moisture condensation within the tank. To prevent fuel contamination, avoid refueling from cans and drums. In remote areas or in emergency situations, there may be no alternative to refueling from sources with inadequate anti-contamination systems, while a skin and funnel may be the only possible means of filtering fuel using them as hazardous. Remember the use of a cami will not always ensure decontaminated fuel. Worn-out camis will not filter water, neither will a new clean cammy that is already water-wet or damp. Most imitation chamois skins will not filter water. Refueling Procedures Static electricity is formed by the friction of air passing over the surfaces of an aircraft in flight and by the flow of fuel through the hose and nozzle during refueling. Nylon, Dacron, or wool clothing is especially prone to accumulate and discharge static electricity from the person to the funnel or nozzle. To guard against the possibility of static electricity igniting fuel fumes, a ground wire should be attached to the aircraft before the fuel cap is removed from the tank. Because both the aircraft and refueler have different static charges, bonding both components to each other is critical. By bonding both components to each other, the static differential charge is equalized. The refueling nozzle should be bonded to the aircraft before refueling begins, and should not remain bonded throughout the refueling process. While a fuel tank is used, it should be grounded prior to the fuel nozzle contacting the aircraft. If fueling from drums or cans is necessary, proper bonding and grounding connections are important. Drums should be placed near grounding posts, and the following sequence of connections observed. 1. Drum to ground. 2. Ground to aircraft. 3. Bond drum to aircraft or nozzle to aircraft before the fuel cap is removed. When disconnecting, reverse the order. Passage of fuel through a chamois increases the charge of static electricity and the danger of sparks. The aircraft must be properly grounded and the nozzle, chamois filter, and funnel bonded to the aircraft. If a can is used, it should be connected to either the grounding post or the funnel. Under no circumstances should a plastic bucket or similar non-conductive container be used in this operation. Electrical System Most aircraft are equipped with either a 14 or a 28 volt direct current electrical system. A basic aircraft electrical system consists of the following components. Alternator slash generator, battery, master slash battery switch, alternator slash generator switch, bus bar, fuses and circuit breakers, voltage regulator, ammeter slash load meter, associated electrical wiring. Engine driven alternators or generators supply electrical current to the electrical system. They also maintain a sufficient electrical charge in the battery. Electrical energy stored in a battery provides a source of electrical power for starting the engine and a limited supply of electrical power for use in the event the alternator or generator fails. Most direct current generators will not produce a sufficient amount of electrical current at low engine RPM to operate the entire electrical system. During operations at low energy RPM, the electrical needs must be drawn from the battery, which can quickly be depleted. Alternators have several advantages over generators. Alternators produce sufficient current to operate the entire electrical system, even at slower engine speeds, by producing alternating current, which is converted to direct current. The electrical output of an alternator is more constant throughout the wide range of engine speeds. Some aircraft have receptacles to which an external ground power unit GPU, may be connected to provide electrical energy for starting. These are very useful, especially during cold weather starting. Follow the manufacturer's recommendations for engine starting using a GPU. The electrical system is turned on or off with a master switch. Turning the master switch to the on position provides electrical energy to all the electrical equipment circuits except the ignition system. Equipment that commonly uses the electrical system for its source of energy includes position lights, anti-collision lights, landing lights, taxi lights, interior cabin lights, instrument lights, radio equipment, turn indicator, fuel gauges, electric fuel pump stall warning system, pilot heat, starting motor. Many aircraft are equipped with a battery switch that controls the electrical power to the aircraft in a manner similar to the master switch. In addition, an alternator switch is installed which permits the pilot to exclude the alternator from the electrical system in the event of an alternator failure. See figure 6-33. While the alternator half of the switch is in the off position, the entire electrical load is placed on the battery. All non-essential electrical equipment should be turned off to conserve battery power. A bus bar is used as a terminal in the aircraft electrical system to connect the main electrical system to the equipment using electricity as a source of power. This simplifies the wiring system and provides a common point from which voltage can be distributed throughout the system. See Figure 6-34. Fuses or circuit breakers are used in the electrical system to protect the circuits and equipment from electrical overload. Spare fuses of the proper amperage limit should be carried in the aircraft to replace defective or blown fuses. Circuit breakers have the same function as a fuse but can be manually reset, rather than replaced if an overload condition occurs in the electrical system. Placards at the fuse or circuit breaker panel identify the circuit by name and show the amperage limit. An ammeter is used to monitor performance of the aircraft electrical system. The ammeter shows if the alternator slash generator is producing an adequate supply of electrical power. It also indicates whether or not the battery is receiving an electrical charge. Ammeters are designed with the zero point in the center of the face and a negative or positive indication on either side. See figure 6-35. When the pointer of the ammeter is on the plus side, it shows the charging rate of the battery. A minus indication means more current is being drawn from the battery than is being replaced. A full-scale minus deflection indicates a malfunction in the alternator slash generator. A full-scale positive deflection indicates a malfunction of the regulator. In either case, consult the AFM or POH for appropriate action to be taken. Not all aircraft are equipped with an ammeter. Some have a warning light that, when lighted, indicates a discharge in the system as a generator-slash-alternator malfunction. Refer to the AFM or POH for appropriate action to be taken. Another electrical monitoring indicate is a load meter. This type of gauge has a scale beginning with zero and shows the load being placed on the alternator-slash-generator. See Figure 6-35. The load meter reflects the total percentage of the load placed on the generating capacity of the electrical system by the electrical accessories and battery. When all electrical components are turned off, it reflects only the amount of charging current demanded by the battery. A voltage regulator controls the rate of charge to the battery by stabilizing the generator or alternator electrical output. The generator slash alternator voltage output should be higher than the battery voltage. For example, a 12-volt battery should be fed by a generator slash alternator system of approximately 14 volts. The difference in voltage keeps the battery charged. End of Part 6 of Chapter 6